1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Do you recognize that you're having a
0: breakdown? Yeah, because I was like, okay, this is not normal for for me because I just got super paranoid all of a sudden. I was like, I had all these weird thoughts that I'd never had before. I thought the FBI was following. It was like, it's like other level. And I was like, okay, there's a little rational part of me in there going, you know, this is ridiculous, right? But it there's no other way to describe it other than it feels just as real as you and I sitting here so it becomes very hard to tell what is real and what isn't right um and so I literally like was in the middle of a breakdown at an audition at an audition for a Steven Spielberg project
1: and I was like
0: I couldn't I couldn't remember how I got there I was suddenly there and I was like where am I what am I doing
1: Hi everyone, you're listening to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that deep dives into the world of women, work, and what it takes to build a successful and fulfilling career on your terms. This season of The Females will explore the world of meltdowns and comebacks. I'm Lauren McGoodwin, CEO of Career Contessa and the host of The Females. Today's guest is Autumn Reeser, an actress you might remember from hit TV shows like VOC, Entourage, and No Ordinary Family, a mother, and a true believer that the universe has your back. Full disclosure, today's episode focuses more on the personal side of things, including some very scary, yet very real moments, like dealing with divorce, lack of emotional support, and even postpartum psychosis. But it's Autumn's vulnerability that's going to get you. She'd be the first to tell you that until recently, her version of having it all definitely didn't include room for messy moments. The result was that she was preoccupied with the idea of doing more, doing it perfectly, and of course, ignoring whatever wasn't working. Until the moment of meltdown came for her anyway. Things are very different now, including Autumn's approach to life. She's quick to attribute that shift, from denial to breakdown to self-reflection and change, to finally giving in to the power of the universe. Even if you're less powers that be and more power of me, I'm sure you can identify with Autumn's perspective on the messiness of real life, feeling low in spite of your best intentions, and those times when you need to pull it all together for your career and family. So while this episode is less career advice and more life perspective, our story still starts with Autumn's successful career as an actress, which she's been doing for more than a decade. Before too long, we jump into how her perfectly planned life transitioned into plan B, or maybe even plan D or E and how her resilience has created a new version of herself. And just a word to the wise, that age-old advice about when you are your authentic self, things fall into place, well, that's definitely going to hold true. Let's dive in. So tell us that you broke into the acting world. You've been a full-time actress for over a decade, which is, I mean, it's an anomaly, right? Like, people would kill to have a career for that long in acting. Yeah, it's a difficult
0: career to break into, which um, I'm happy I didn't was not that aware of when I started. I'm, yeah, I'm ignorance happy. is bliss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I started in theater when I was six or seven. I saw a play uh, in my hometown and was head over heels for it. I was like, oh, that's my life calling. Get me on that stage. Like, that's what I'm doing with the rest of my life. So I did community theater in my hometown growing up, enjoyed that a lot, and then I applied to drama school in Los Angeles and um, was accepted, which was... Now I look back, I'm like, even that is insane. I only applied to one school. I was like, no, this is where I'm going. Which there is something to be said for single-mindedness. and You were very focused. I was very focused, and it was just, this is what's going to happen. And um, (laughs) I look back, I'm like, that was not well-advised. Maybe a plan B would have been good, but luckily I didn't need to shift at that point in my life. And so even though it was constantly a lot of work, you know, I went, I, uh, went to... I went to school for three years. I started auditioning. I started working. And, uh, you know, I, I I have been chasing this for my whole life. It was always a lot of work. I did have a lot of luck and success. And a lot of that, I think, was due to that single-mindedness, was due to this is what's happening, you know, setting setting your intention and, and not wavering from it.
1: Absolutely. So what was your first job? Like big full-time, you know, pay the bills type of. Because um, you were doing a lot of acting and auditions, you said. My first
0: real big role that I booked was on Star Trek Voyager. Um, which was huge. I cried. I was driving down Melrose Avenue when I got the call. Um, and I will always remember exactly where I was in Melrose when I when I got that first job. And it was it was life changing for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it propelled the rest of your career because then you were on the OC and Entourage and all these big shows that I mean, I rem- it's weird because I definitely the first time we met, I remember having like thinking about like, well, I mean, this is not that big of a deal. Like, she's an actress, but don't, you know, like, play it cool. And then I was like, no, this is a really big deal. Like, you watched her while you were in college and in high school, like, on all these favorite shows. And so, like, you were definitely my first, like, L.A. actress. Like, it was oh my, my very gosh, first so L.A. moment. Um, <laughs> the other L.A. moment was that we both got terrible parking tickets right after we met in person. Um, Did we? Yeah. I just remember West Hollywood gives out, like, $100-plus parking tickets. And I remember oh, they're the worst. Both, both of us were just like probably probably should have talked for two hours not two and a half (laughs) hours because now we're literally paying for it but um no I it was I mean it's I'm sure you have people who come up to you and like recognize you and that had to also be like the first moment that happened I'm sure that was kind of surreal I was so uncomfortable with it it's it's like I knew I knew what I still remember
0: where that happened I was in a mall in Utah I was shooting um I was shooting a movie out in Salt Lake City and some girl at the mall came up to me and said something to me and uh I think I just was like oh no that's not me
1: (laughs) you denied it (laughs) oh yeah
0: I did that for a good Two three years the I, I specifically remember the moments because I just felt so exposed and I don't know what that's about what I haven't thought about that in a while um but yeah I, I didn't I didn't find it enjoyable I felt exposed
1: well and that was pre social media now we're all yeah. exposed and, right or any stranger on the internet if you have a public profile could know who you are but back then that was that was definitely not normal
0: yeah it was just a little. Uh, I don't know. It was a little disconcerting for me, um, but now I think it, you know. Now I enjoy it. I'm happy to see that my work has touched somebody. I get p- a lot of people because I've done a lot of movies for Hallmark recently, and they have such a devoted following. I say oh, everyone there. loves those, and if they deny it. They are totally lying. <laughs> there's and people get so excited and are. There's just such a. Um, a lightness and a joy around those movies that that's how people come up to me with that lightness and joy because I brought those those movies have come into their life and brought lightness and joy and they give it back to me and um it's it's really positive interaction now.
1: I feel like my family, we always watch one like around Christmas time too. Like yeah. Hallmark channel has some great Christmas movies. Yeah. So it's probably also like they were doing this as a, like a family event yeah, and it you know always is. like yeah. you're a part of that. Yeah. Um okay, so tell us a little bit more about your early career. So you're working, you get married, like kind of the whole...
0: Yeah, my 20s were very much... I had this idea in my life that I was like, okay, so 20s are for career, 30s are for family, 40s are for creativity or whatever it was that I had at the time, because I've completely forgotten whatever silly philosophy this was. Um, But my 20s, you know, my 20s were really straightforward. It was my... uh, my career happened quickly i was in a relationship since i was 21 i started dating a guy i met at college and um and we started living together when i was 21 so we i had this consistent long term relationship the same we had a you know giant friend group that they were that all, his, all knew that we all knew mm-hmm. um i by the time i was 24 i was renting a four bedroom house i cooked all the meals like i lived this very adult life at a young age and um that's what I thought I wanted. That's what the, you know, what I was. I think what a lot of us are are raised to think is success. You know, absolutely. And especially those of us who were raised in the '80s that have it all. I was like, this is great. I'm gonna have a big career. I'm gonna have a big family. Like, you know, have it on lock. Like, this is where I'm going. But that said, I did have a couple moments in my 20s where I was like, is is this for me? There were a couple things. You know, with with my relationship and with even after. You know, when the OC happened, it, everything was great and I was so, so grateful for it. But I also saw some of the, uh, the the darker side behind the industry and I was like, I don't want this. Like, this might not be for me. But then I just pushed that away because, you know, that was not it was something from inside me that I couldn't find external validation for. So I was like, oh, I'm just not going to listen to that. <laughs> That's not helpful. Right,
1: you push down your intuition. You are yeah. like, I'm not going to listen to that. And also, I'm sure you were probably thinking... But I was always chasing this. So if I don't do it now, then what yeah. would I do? Like I would 100%. basically have wasted my whole life, which is a very dramatic statement, but still.
0: Right. And I simultaneously still had this passion for storytelling and still had this passion for, for acting and seeing where it could go. And um, so it was a little, it was confusing. And so I just preferred not to question much in my life because everything seemed to be going really well. So why would I want to spend time self-reflecting?
1: Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was where I was going with it, yeah. So what happened next? I mean, did you? Con- I mean, obviously, you continued to be an actress. So what happened? You have kind of this internal moment, but you pushed it aside. So then, where does your career yeah, go? Yeah.
0: So I got married at, um, at when I was 28, and um, and that was you know everything I thought I wanted, and um, and then pretty soon after that, I booked a a series regular role uh, that shot in Los Angeles on a show called No Ordinary Family. And um, we decided that that was a good time to have a baby because I was going to be in L.A. Usually I travel so much it was just it, – it makes it difficult to to think of that as a possibility. Um, so similar – like got pregnant first try, um, easy pregnancy, everything was really great. And then um, my son came in 2011 and um, I just had this moment when I was looking in his eyes where I was like, I – I I can't lie. And I didn't realize how much of my life and the way that I lived and things in my life didn't feel true to me until I looked at this kid's eyes and was like, how do I teach him to be the person I want him to be in the world if I'm not that person? Like, I have to do that work first because you can't raise a child like that do as i say not as i not as i am they're going to be right. who they're, you are and they're going to watch you they're going to watch you and they're going to absorb your energy and the way you are in the world and um and so that was when i really started uh being self reflective and looking at my life and looking at what worked and what didn't work and um i was always the girl i think a lot of women relate to this where you just do more if you feel uncomfortable, oh, yes. right? If you don't,
1: like, it emotion- you just work harder, it yeah, will just get the, fixed. do more. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. If you feel an uncomfortable emotion, well, you know, just uh, add three more things to your plate and you don't have to feel it. Right. If you just stay busy enough, your mind won't wander. Yeah. But when you have a baby, you're forced into the present moment. Th- there's n- nothing more present than a child. They only live in the present moment. And so, therefore, you are asked to step into that moment with them. And it was so uncomfortable for me. Um because I just had so little experience living there, I would live there in my acting moments. Because it's these little jewel-like uh, places of safety that you can step into somebody else's skin uh, for those little moments. But doing it in my own life was was profoundly uncomfortable.
1: I, so I want to talk about your marriage a little bit because um, I know that you're divorced now. But before, I, I want to kind of step back because you were sharing with me earlier that so you had your first son and it brought obviously a lot of self-reflection to the table but your second son it brought an actual breakdown yeah can we talk about that yeah um I so there was
0: so much on my plate so after after my first son I had moved – I moved to Hawaii for a show, and that caused a lot of issues within my marriage. We were, like, heavily in counseling. I got into my own therapy for the first time at that point and really started looking at why I did things the way I did them, what was okay that was happening in my life and what was not, and learning how to set boundaries. And um, as I started doing that, everything changed. And and it did not – solve it. I love this this idea like if you people, people always think you want to fix the other person in a relationship dynamic right? Like oh if only he would do this or if only she was this way then blah 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 the only person you can ever change is yourself right. and it's guaranteed the second that you start changing yourself that will change the dynamics in every relationship in your life because it's all you're all cogs in a machine so you right. change one it starts rotating the other direction nothing can work the same way so you always have the power within yourself to change any situation in your life and as I started shifting and and shifting more into a real place of self-knowledge and power um it really brought up a lot of stuff that wasn't working and um I was continuing to work on that stuff we got pregnant um and was was the pregnancy just like that was a surprise
1: surprise okay (laughs) yeah it it was a
0: surprise um And, I mean, I know how
1: you get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure I know how. Um, But I also, at this point, I really think it was because this specific soul was like, he needs to be here. And knowing him now, you know, he's almost five now, I know exactly (laughs) why he needed to be here. He is just such a ray of light and a constant surprise. That is who he is. He's just got this, uh, he's got an explosiveness to him. And that was who he was in the marriage. Like, the pregnancy from the beginning was That type of like, okay, so I was like doubling down on my marriage. I was like, you know, we're going to have two babies. Like, I'm going to double down. I'm going to just work really
1: hard in therapy. I'm going to fully commit to this and commit to your marriage. Oh, yeah. Even though you were like, some things are not working well. And they hadn't, had they not been working well for a while? I mean, like some of the stuff when you were in therapy, did it come out like, oh, yeah, this has sort of been happening since we started dating, but I stuck my head in the sand and ignored it.
0: Yeah, because I thought... therapy is well, great like that.
1: Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> I can, I, you know, it was a more of the work harder mentality. Yes. Well,
0: I can fix that. Okay, well, if this isn't working, then I'll just change this about myself. Or yeah. we'll ch- I'll change this about our lives. Or if we change this, I was constantly coming up with solutions. Were you really worried about his happiness too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was prioritized? Of course. Um, And it was, you know, which now I realize is like, that's his responsibility, not mine. But I was very much, I think a lot of us, take responsibility for other people's happiness and and then also being somebody who's like emotionally boundaryless it was I was absorbing his emotions too and and um it was just it wasn't a good dynamic and I just decided like I'm I'm not gonna be critical I'm gonna turn a blind eye to a lot of this stuff let me just you know we're gonna make this work just period and um well
1: and you were having two kids I'm sure you were feeling like I want to be I want to be a family with them and I want to totally I want to give this up or
0: no it was change so the dyna- the family dynamic divorce was never in my realm of possibility um, but I mean eventually I realized I'm like a relationship is between two people you both have to be if something's not working you both both have to shift and make sacrifices, and that it cannot just be one you, person, one person yeah. doing it. As much as you might want it, right? It's like it's a it's a relationship. It's a dynamic. There are more pieces than just one here. And if you change one, yes, everything changes, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be good or acceptable or healthy. Um, so I had my I I had my second son. It was a very um, intense and dramatic birth um, that. It was a lot of stuff sort of happened in one period of time. My dog was killed um, right when I was nine months pregnant by a coyote right in front of me in my backyard and oh he died gosh. in my arms. <laughs> so it was like, okay. And I had this, I, I remember feeling when that happened that it was me. That I was like, I, something, I have to get out of this. Like my, my life is not working and it was very clear to me in that moment. It felt like a a, a sign from above that uh-huh. I was like, yeah, okay, something. And you're nine months pregnant while you're getting. And I'm this nine sign. months pregnant, right? Which so is
1: I'm pretty much a tough moment to be in, right. anyway. So you're super
0: hormonal, and and there's a lot of, you know, you're just very open in that period of time. So I think that was more traumatic than I knew. And I uh, was not, I didn't, I was not going to my therapist at this time. There was just a lot of stuff that happened all in one time. And then I had my son and it was a 20 minute birth that I gave birth to him by myself on the bathroom floor.
1: Oh my God. Autumn. (laughs) Yeah. Wait a minute. It was really Because it came so fast that you couldn't go to the hospital?
0: Yeah. Well, I wasn't planning to go to the hospital. I was planning to give birth at home. My first birth was really quick. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I was planning to give birth. And I barely made it to the hospital with the first one. So wow. I was like, I wanted to do a home birth the first time anyway. This time I trusted my instincts. So I was like, thank God I did. We're doing a home birth. This is what's going to happen. But you know, I had this whole image of like, I'm going to get the bathtub and I'm going to blow it up. And we're both going to be in there breathing together. That music's
1: going to be playing. It's going to be and- a
0: moment for us to reconnect. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. And then it was the opposite of that. It was fast and furious. He didn't get out of bed.
1: Are you He eventually
0: kidding? did. He eventually did. But when I first like, and so I was alone in the bathroom and giving birth alone. Yeah, and I also it was a it was pretty telling that like I wasn't looking to him for comfort, right? You know, no, it, you
1: were alone. Yeah, I yeah. was.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so I literally like I stood up and it was like two pushes and he was it was like my water broke, his head came out, it was all in one go. Wow, it was in it was insane, it was fast and furious, um, but he was healthy. And it was, and now I look at him, I'm like, that's fucking awesome, like it's amazing, yeah. And his name is Dash, so it's appropriate, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Dash to the finish line, yeah, like, exactly. coming out now, yeah. Um, but that was, you know, that was pretty traumatic
1: too. I, I would, yeah. I mean, no one can see me, but my mouth is just like wide open because <laughs> I just cannot believe that you did all of that on your own. And I mean, what an experience. I mean, you you cannot be the same person after that experience either. No, it was. There And there was just so, there was
0: so much. And there was so much that I wasn't looking at in my life. And both of those two sort of traumatic incidences back
1: to back. Your dog dying, literally having your child by yourself in your bathroom and your husband hanging out in the bedroom. It was, it it was,
0: it really... uh, shook me but yet i was not
1: i didn't have time to, yeah. to
0: look at any of it it was now i had a newborn and a two-year-old and i didn't have did ap- you address it
1: like were you like hey when i was giving birth why where were you yeah i did <laughs> yeah.
0: well his 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 uh, his i don't know. his answer was that i mumbled when i woke him up so
1: okay yeah <laughs> he's going on the list uh-huh. of like people that are Never
0: mind. Yeah, he did get up eventually <laughs> when I came back in there and yeah. screamed at him. Then he yeah. got up. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So it was it was there was a lot going on in a really short period of time. Plus, I'm uh, hormonal. It's I have postpartum and pilot season started starts, which is the most busy time in our industry. It's changed a little bit now that um, we have more. Streaming services, but this was 2013, and and there was still a lot of network stuff going on. So this is like January, February, March of every year. So I go right back to work. Basically, my son's born late November. I have December off, and then January comes, and I'm out there auditioning. You know, trying to put my best face forward and getting dressed every day. I'm not sleeping like I have a newborn, right? right. I don't have adequate help at home. Like we do, we have we did have um, a nanny at this period of time. So I'm not totally without help. But I didn't have the emotional help, support that I needed. I had no... You need both. You need both. And I just... That was not available for me in my marriage. And um, I really needed it.
1: So your career is going well. Like you're going for auditions. But your your personal life is not going well. And I don't have time to look at any of it
0: because I'm... And
1: maybe you don't want to look at any and of it and I don't want to look at any of it.
0: Right. Because if I look at it, I have I'm, to deal with it. Yeah. Too. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just looking in the other direction. I'm doing my usual external hustle, hustle, hustle. And my hormones are saying, like, no, that's just not gonna happen. And so I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping. I think I went back within the space of like what was this two two months? I went back to my pre baby weight, which is not normal. Right. And not healthy. And I wasn't trying to, it's just because I couldn't take care of myself. I literally did not, I had two tiny babies. I didn't have the capacity to it, and I was just at my limit. And so um, I had something called postpartum psychosis. So I had an actual breakdown. And did you know that was happening at the yeah, time? Yeah, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. I was like, because, but the weird thing is, and it happens to one in every thousand women. Women don't, I haven't really heard anybody talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I understand why because it's scary to talk about and like I this is 4 years ago I didn't want to talk about it. This is the first time I'm ever talking about it publicly. Because it's it feels taboo talking about things like that and it's weird and it's scary and you feel like there's something wrong with you and
1: I think it's the guilt, the fear and the guilt. Like guilt over the fact that that you would have any negative feeling related to you've had this baby or that you are, you know, you feel guilty that you're thinking about how do I take care of myself when it should be about taking care of your kids. I think women definitely feel a lot of fear and guilt over anything related to postpartum. Yeah. Even though more people are talking about it now, which thank goodness they are, because I mean, can you imagine all the women who were like, what's happening to me? And they didn't know. But I I often I have a friend who went through very bad postpartum depression and I mean she felt really kind of gross about herself that's how Mm -hmm. she would describe she's like I'm embarrassed I feel gross like I I don't I'd feel like what's wrong with me right and it's it is it's all about something that they need to fix about
0: themselves right we've been fed this line for so long that we should just be able to do it all and in so many other cultures there's this period of time after birth in which you're really held by the community and you're really allowed that feminine support that you really need you've just gone through the old like this this ultimate in in femininity and womanhood and like you should get to like live in that for a while but uh I, so many of us don't. I and mean, so many of us don't have the ability to either, just financially. Um a hundred percent. You know, it's just not they can't they can literally not afford to lose it. Yeah. And, and have a breakdown. Have go right back to work. I mean, this is why we need, you know, <laughs> uh availability to take uh leave for every job. Maternity for men and leave. women. For men and women. Right, exactly. But that's another
1: discussion. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have you back <laughs> on for yeah. that. One. Um So you have, so you recognize that you're having a breakdown. Yeah, because I was like, okay,
0: this is not normal for for me because I just got super paranoid all of a sudden. I was like, I had all these weird thoughts that I'd never had before. I thought the FBI was following. It was like, it's like other level. And I was like, okay, there was a little rational part of me in there going, okay, you know this is ridiculous, right? But it. There's no other way to describe it other than it feels just as real as you and I sitting here. So it becomes very hard to tell what is real and what isn't. Right. Um, And so I literally like was in the middle of a breakdown at an audition, at an audition for a Steven Spielberg project.
1: And I was like,
0: I couldn't, I couldn't remember how I got there. I was suddenly there and I was like, where am I? What am I doing? I still went in and did the audition. Which is crazy to me now. But literally before I went on the audition, I called my manager and was like, something's wrong with me. I can't go. I, you need to come get me. Like, Because I just suddenly was like, OK, this is weird. Like I had enough wherewithal. To- was
1: it did you have like physical feelings with that? Or was it mostly like you could tell your perception was sort of like you said, there was reality and not reality. But even the not reality felt real. It was real. just like, it felt like
0: high anxiety. Mm-hmm. Just like heart was. Re- I just couldn't come down. Right. I felt like I was floating above the earth and um which I was kind of used to feeling that way anyway from not sleeping and not eating and trying to take care of babies and um but it was this the other thing on top of it where I was like okay this thing that I'm thinking about this normal guy walking on the other side of the road is probably not normal and I should probably have somebody go look at me um and so basically you know long story short I got treatment for a week um, I, I, like, went to inpatient care, had people take care of me. For a week, I was able to sleep. I was able to eat. I Basically, I got the support that I needed from the beginning. Right. And I really, you know, my friends, obviously, everyone was horrified. And this is so scary. And everyone's like, we didn't know. And I started to see the places in my life, the people who were true emotional support for me. And, um, and it ended up being... The best thing that happened to me because I couldn't lie to myself anymore. It was it was like basically my body was saying, okay, you need to stop and look at your life or you're literally going to die.
1: Right. Like this, it's not okay. It's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. And um, the human body is sort of incredible like that, you know? Like it's basically letting you know like we can't sustain this. Right, exactly. I and mean, the wake-up call was a bit... Harsh for you, but <laughs> but, I, but I maybe I, I, that's what you needed. That's what I realized. I really can't clearly I came giving birth on the bathroom floor <laughs> was not enough for you. They, no, <laughs> it
0: was. I, it's you're so right because my body kept giving me signs, but there was like thing after thing, and I just kept going. Nope, I'm not waking up. Nope, I refuse to. And I really did in therapy afterwards realize I was like, God damn, I'm stubborn. I really just need to be kicked in the ass to like make a change to be willing to see something that's right in front of me, and I just don't want to see it because I'm so addicted to my ego right I'm so addicted to going no but this is it's supposed to work out and it's supposed to be this way and I'm I'm
1: more addicted to being right right than I am to being healthy did you I mean at this time so your divorce came after this so during this time were you recognizing I mean you were in therapy and I know the marriage had been so so up to that point, so it was like this. Really, a turning point for that too. Oh yeah, like you needed to make changes, and that was one of them. Oh yeah, I I came out of it. I went
0: into um, a really amazing therapist who's just I went to see her twice a week and really looked at everything in my life with her and was able to go, okay, these are specifically the 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 action changes that I need to see from you, and like I wrote it in a letter because I was like, I'd already said all these things in therapy, but it wasn't getting through. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write them down. And please tell me what you need from me, too. Like, let's talk about, like. But, yeah, it's a two-way street. Yeah, but this, these things need to change or I'm going to leave. Like, I, I don't know any other way to say this more clearly. Right. Because by I just kept saying, well, maybe he didn't, well, maybe this, blah, 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 blah. And then I finally, like, after I did that, you know, uh, a few months later, I was like, I went back and looked at it. And I was like, nothing, nothing has shifted on this. And, and uh, he doesn't want to and that's he's told me how he feels about it now right but through his actions he's saying one thing but his actions are saying another thing and i definitely from that whole from going through that experience learned to look at actions and what is actually happening in front of me versus what somebody tells you right because somebody can tell you one thing all day long like i can sit here and go oh look at the sky it is so orange that sky is orange and if i say it to you with enough conviction you might start to go oh god well maybe this guy's orange but if you look outside you can see this guy's blue right so that's uh that is probably the biggest sh- one of the biggest shifts that happened from this for me is i'm much more of a realist than i was before i was a total romantic and i'm still a romantic at heart like i still
1: i just I, you know i really am but i'm also a realist now i'm just kind of like that sounds great okay i'll believe it when i see it well you've had life experiences at this rate right. you know and there's I mean, you could try to ignoring those, but I don't think it would help you because you would probably repeat and, you know, end up with someone who's really similar. And so you you can't ignore your life experience. It's just not a great idea to ignore your life experiences. No, no. You went through it for a reason. Right. You better learn from it. Otherwise,
0: the universe is going to throw that lesson in your face again. Right. Um, but during this time period, I read... Uh, you know, I was obviously reading a lot about all of these things about psychology and, and um, codependency yeah, I'm, I'm and of other things were that reading, were going on. I'm kind of curious. You were reading. You were
1: obviously writing stuff down. You were going to therapy. Yeah. This is all good stuff. I basically, well, it was the, for the first time in my
0: life I focused on my health and my healing, And that was so overdue, self-care. I just had always been like, I don't need that. You know, I I was super judgmental of people who did a lot of that stuff. And I was like, no, you don't need that. I'm just going to power more work. That's the answer. And so I went into a period of self-care and realized how starved for it my body was, my mind was, my heart was. So I read this book and I don't remember the name of the book because I just took a picture of the page, but um, the name of the chapter was Breaking Down is Waking Up and that I had on my phone on my like screensaver for a long time because that is what it felt like I was like okay everything that I've been denying and pushing down and pushing down and pushing down it's not possible to do that it's not and you know I think anyone who's out there who's trying to to do that to themselves it will come up at some point you can't do that for your whole life. It's that's going to manifest and it's going to come out. So you might as well start looking at it now before it really needs to kick you in the ass.
1: A hundred percent. And I'm kind of curious, did the public figure piece of this play a role in any way? Like, obviously, this is a deeply personal experience that you're going through. It's a very tough moment, maybe longer than a moment that you're going through. Um, But you're also a public figure and the public you know we live in a world where the internet slash the public thinks that they get to know all this about you like um was there any did that play a role in any piece of this or I mean I think there's a reason I haven't talked
0: about it in four years right (laughs) Nah, that might be it I think I'm only recently you know have started entering a phase of my life where I'm like because they just would have like I'm just tired I'm just tired of like trying to create an image that is uh, a bite-sized image for people to consume. At this point, I'm like, I'm proud of what I've been through. I've been through a lot. And um, and I just want to live my life and not feel like I have to hide things, you know? And this, certainly there are parts of the story that I keep to myself. Right. Um, but I also f- have started to feel like I'm denying myself if I – Try and pretend I'm someone who I'm not because I've changed profoundly through all of these things, and I can't. I can't go back to that person I was. I actually remember saying this to my to my husband at some point, um, where I was like, "I wish I could go back and be that girl I was in my 20s. Like, I wish I could have those blinders on and just pretend everything's okay, but I can't. I've seen it now. Right. Like, you can't unsee it, right?
1: So at this rate, you you basically you've decided or through this process you decide okay this isn't getting any better we need a divorce i'm sure it wasn't quite that simple but (laughs) yeah but it it really it basically came down to
0: there there's there's not a choice right for me i can either accept the status quo and accept things as they are because they're, they're not changing i've now at this point put three years of work into it on my own in couples therapy um things are not changing they're just not and so i can keep denying that and keep hoping for a better day, which I did for a real long time, or I can read the writing on the wall and go, cool, do I stay in in a dynamic that's really unhealthy for me or do I go? And and it was really when I, when I looked at my kids that it, this is so, not the way we traditionally think of it. A lot of people will think, oh, I stay for the kids. But I was like, I do not want my kids to grow up to think this is an example of what a relationship should be.
1: Yeah, I think you did them a favor.
0: Yeah, and in it's been four years, almost four years since, three and a half years,
1: and it's 100% the right decision. Well, and I also think it's a decision that you were able to make at this point in your life, but in your 20s, you wouldn't have made that. You know, you, no. you, you just wouldn't have been able to do that, and you wouldn't have wanted to. No.
0: No, I mean, I think, you know, life brings us what we need when we need it. That said, I think there are lessons here that I've learned that I could have learned a lot easier, (laughs) a lot more easily. But this is what I think is so genius about the universe. I'm like, it offers us the lessons through love first. It really does. When you just start. They're like, we tried to be gentle. Yeah, exactly. But you were just really stubborn. (laughs) It really does. Like the lessons are available if you like are calm and listening and paying attention. If you're present in your life, if you learn, and honestly a lot of this is meditation has helped a lot of this in staying conscious basically, staying awake so that when you're having an interaction at the coffee shop and something weird happens, you go, oh what was that about? And then you're like, oh there's a lesson there. Oh it's this. Oh my god, I just learned something about myself that I want to heal. I don't want that to be my belief. Like okay, well now I can go in and do that work over like a casual conversation at a coffee shop. Or... (laughs) You can go, well, that was stupid. I'm in the right, blah, 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 blah. And then you keep doing that and you keep doing that and the universe just, it just has to kick you a little harder each time you turn your back.
1: I also think it's a growth mindset, right? You're like, you're not, it sounds like you recognize now that you were denying a lot of your emotions. You know, you were pushing the emotion aside and saying, I'm either not going to feel this or I'll feel it later. You know, like my marriage isn't going well, but I'll deal with that later. And now you're feeling the emotions. How does that- impact your career at all like while you're going through all this and you're kind of changing personally i would imagine because i mean obviously career contessa we have a lot of women that work for other organizations and so their careers are definitely different than being an actress but i think a lot of there are a lot of similarities of you still have to show up to work every day you still have to be able to provide and you know unless you're in a place where you don't but most women are probably would might um understand where you're coming from where you're going through a divorce but you also have to show up to work and you also have to have you have kids you still have to manage their lives like what is happening yeah. H- how do those two things coincide and i'm kind of curious like were there specific tools and people i know you were obviously going to a therapist and that helped a lot
0: yeah i mean i think that's something that's a good question because i think that's something that everyone has to confront at some point whether it's like you know one of their parents is dying and they still have to go into the office or I mean, there's so many, <laughs> life is so hard. There's so many hard things that we have to deal with in our personal lives, but we still need to right, honor our obligations and, and go to work and make a living. Um, that's a good question. I think it's really individual how people manage that. How did I manage it? On, some hand, on one hand, I think it's a little easier it can be easier for people in the arts because we're allowed to be a little more eccentric and off our game. Um, You know, I think the hardest part came, I specifically remember working on one, working on a Hallmark movie and you know, some of the scenes were emotional, but some of the scenes were light and airy. And this one day we were doing a scene that was light and airy. And I got an email from my ex that was just, it was just not the day for me to read that. And uh, I ran into the bathroom and burst into tears and then had to come out and play a love scene. Um, and that was really hard, you know? And and it is hard. And I think this isn't... I think I've had a lot of experience shutting my emotions away, so uh, I sort of had a... Two- Have you ever seen Book of Mormon? Yes. Okay, so you know that song, Turn It Off? Light yes. Light? Just turn it off. I just don't feel that. Um, so I relied on that skill a couple times that sort of... <laughs> dubious skill that I have. Um, but I think overall as an actress, I, I know for a fact I'm a much better actress now than I was before all of this happened. I think my understanding of humanity is much greater. My empathy. Um, when I, I, crying was always a difficult thing for me because I didn't like to feel negative emotions. And now I'm like, oh, great. Uh, that's right under the surface. So... Uh, <laughs> You're
1: like, I got those there we go. go. <laughs> you know?
0: Um, and I think I... I'm willing I'm willing to let my characters be messier than I was before I was I had a, a tendency it was why I played a lot of type a you know hard driving ambitious women and um and I still Cause you fit that part yeah and I still have that side but now I think I'm willing to let them fall
1: I'm really excited about this new chapter <laughs> for Me you too. thank you um what is life like now you know when you when you compare you've been divorced for how many years Um, we, uh, three and a half, three and a half. What, what you want? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's 2018. I know. I was like, (laughs) what month is it? Yeah. Um, so you've had some time to acclimate to this life and making your decisions and, and what is that like now? Yeah. Um, well, I finally feel like
0: my life is my own as messy and confusing as it is. Sometimes at least it feels like mine. Um, after any sort of big life shift, whether it's a baby, whether it's a death, whether it's a divorce, there, there does need to be a period of healing and of taking stock and stepping back and not doing things the way that you've been doing them for a long time. Like that's, it's a beautiful, oh wait, I have to read this quote. I've been reading this great book and this is actually the perfect, the perfect time to, to read it. But it, it, when you have these moments that you can view as setbacks, Right. Instead, look at it as a possibility to create something stronger, you know, of going, okay, this happened, this thing that I'm not happy about that I didn't want to happen. It happened. Right. So plan B. Yeah. We're going to happen. Where gonna, do I go from here? Right. You know? Um, okay. So I love this. I love this quote. So I'm reading this, um, this book called The Heroine's Journey by Maureen Murdoch. And this quote is, a life-threatening illness or accident, the loss of self-confidence or livelihood, a geographical move, the inability to finish a degree, a confrontation with the grasp of an addiction or a broken heart can open the space for dismemberment and dissent. And I think that's actually a really positive thing, this idea of deconstructing something. Like, we, we can't just keep being the same versions of ourselves. We're here to evolve, right? And when you go through something big, it offers you the opportunity to say, okay, how are we going to do it now? How are we going to build this stronger? How are we going to build this in a way that's healthier for me, that's more aligned with what my actual purpose is here?
1: If you could rename Meltdown, what would you call it? Breakthrough. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, so tell us what's next for you and your career and your family life and just everything. Yeah. Um
0: this is, it's so funny because I used to be such a person who was like, here is what my uh, summer is going to look like, my fall. These are the type of jobs I'm going to get. It's going to be like this. And now I'm much more open to what comes because sometimes like the universe has bigger things in store for us than we could ever imagine, you know, and I want to be open to the possibility of that, of that miracle, you know, of, of that idea of being like, a, I forget who says it, maybe Marianne Williamson, but a miracle mindset, right? Of just let me see, like show me how good it can get
1: bring it on. Right. Instead of you planning it, let the universe plan it. Yeah. But I, you know, there
0: are a lot of things that I'm interested in, in stepping into other roles within the, um, the, the storytelling aspect of film and television, directing, producing, trying to, um, get more stories out there, um, that speak to me. But that's, uh, you know, that's a new journey. I feel like a baby at it. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but that's also okay. That's how we figure it out and that feels exciting. And, um, yeah, I just finished. I just finished another movie for Hallmark. It comes out August twenty fifth. Well, we will all be there watching. It's it. Called <laughs> Season for Love, um, and yeah, and then I, I just get to see and find out. But as far as my kids, like I've really been enjoying traveling with them, even even just like away for the weekend down to my parents' house. But it really exploring the world with them and looking through their unique eyes and um, being present, allowing allowing that experience of being present.
1: Yes. And I, we, we all have your son dash to thank for some of these moments that we talked about today. I just love that. I hope you, um, I'm sure you've already told him that, but I, I just, I, I can imagine you like telling the you know, his future wife that he brings home, like, did you know that this is what he caused me in the first year? Best thing that ever happened to me. But, um, I mean, it's such a great story and your life is very inspirational. And I think, that for you to come here today and share things that you haven't shared before, I hope it's therapeutic as well. Um, we'll tell the listeners where they can learn more about you or find you, <laughs> even though you probably don't want to be found. But you know, like they want to learn more about your story or just follow your story. Where, where is a good place to do that? That's
0: a good question. Well, I feel like the standard answer now is Instagram. That's probably where I think I'm, I'm enjoying enjoying connecting the most right now. Which so I'm just Autumn underscore research, I think. Or maybe I'm Autumn Dash Reaser. I'm one of those.
1: <laughs> you guys will find it. Um, and they can watch you on TV, of course. Yes, August 25th. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. That was Autumn Reaser, actress, mother, and a woman on a mission to live her best life. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. For more interviews and career advice from incredible women, check out careercontessa.com. We also offer other great resources like career coaching, a curated jobs board, profiles on female supportive companies, and on demand career courses in our e learning library. Seriously, we're a one stop shop for your career success. If you're struggling with postpartum depression or with psychological well being, please check out our show notes for some specific resources that can help. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And I'd be so grateful if you could rate us and review us. It's really helpful and valuable to see what you like about the show. Plus we'll send you all the good karma vibes in return. And don't forget that we're super social over on our Instagram channel at career Contessa. And we'd love your help spreading the word about this podcast by mentioning it on your social media channels with hashtag the females podcast. You can expect a new episode of the females podcast every Tuesday, And you won't want to miss next week's episode featuring Dr. Zalana Momeni, a prominent figure in positive psychology and the author of 21 Days to Resilience. I started out as a happiness researcher and along the way realized that, you know, we are so obsessed with happiness in our culture that it's
0: actually making us really unhappy. Everyone I know who wants to be desperately happy and
1: who tries to be really happy is really not that happy.